sprung ahead. Pavelski, a breakaway, save, rebound, score! Hey, Stars fans, this is Joe Pavelski. Make DallasStars.com your only place for Stars news, exclusive content, game highlights, and more. Plus, DallasStars.com is your one-stop shop to purchase verified tickets to cheer on me and the boys all season long. Get in the game and visit DallasStars.com today. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Holy muckamole. These stars are slaughtering all comers and tossing their opponents' defense and goaltending into the woodchepper right now. Yes, this is Razor and Heike showering what I am calling the blowout boys with well-earned accolades on edition number six of the Podman Rush presented by Truly Hard Seltzer, made with real fruit. Did you know that? It's the only way to make it. I agree. <laughs> uh, this will be the last week of political ads, Mike. Aww. So I'd like to start with one and finish with one, if you will. Are you ready? Yeah. The Dallas Stars want to defund NHL officiating. They don't care about your defensive zone safety. And their aggressive assault has ignored the border altogether. These Dallas Stars are too extreme, too radical for the NHL. This advertisement paid for by the losers who've lost in embarrassing fashion to the Dallas Stars of Texas. Where do we start, Mike? Where do we start? Uh, offense? I think we start with the fact that this team is 8-3-1. and one. Yes. They're plus 19 in goal differential. They're third in the NHL in goals for per game. They're second in the NHL in goals against per game. They're fourth best on the power play. They're fifth best on the penalty kill. And they've scored first in 10 of the 12 games that they've played in. Seems like a winning formula. I think we can just wrap it up now. Let's go. My uh, gracious. Huh? It's been fun to watch. I will say that. The, the fact that there, you know, early on there were some hiccups, like Pete said there would be. And now they're just getting to the point where even if they have a problem, whether that's, a, you know, a giveaway, a goal against, whatever it might be, uh, you know, get stuck in their own end. They just come back with such fury. Like it almost like it makes them mad when they're not perfect. And, you know, it's a fun thing to watch. Yeah, we, I think we stated it in uh, Edmonton. They're, they're such a good response team already. Yes. W whether it's from game to game or, or something uh, stinky that happens within, within the game. Right. Uh, and they always seem to be able to have some kind of response and a solid positive response to all of that. So, I mean... I don't even know if it's a hiccup anymore at this point. It might just be like a like a low-level belch, <laughs> and then they move on. Because, <laughs> as you know, hiccups, and the only way to get over them, stick a spoon into the peanut butter jar, and then you suck on that spoon, take down a little bit of peanut butter, and your hiccups are gone. Is that right? I always heard it was sugar. But no, 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 no. That's an old wives' tale? Straight from the razor boy. This is how, that, that. That is how you get rid of hiccups. Peanut butter is a staple of the Canadian diet, isn't it? Yeah, we were laughing with the great Mark Janko on the plane. <laughs> so we were naming Canadian things. Garburator. 
I threw garburator out. It's so Canadian. It's like a garburator. Is yeah. It, yeah, you know, in the sink where you, you put the, you know, the wilted lettuce in that down and then you just push the button and that's a garburator. It's like a brand name, like <laughs> Band-Aid or something. He loves Parkade. It's a nice one. <laughs> I love the Benessance right now. I'm calling it the Benessance. Ah, I so, coined it. So beautiful. Hey, to look, watch. At, this is probably echoing in the ballroom. <laughs> We're doing this in right now, but I have coined the Benessance. I don't even know what you're talking about. What do you like? The how? captain is coming oh, off the a hat ben. trick in Edmonton, like a renaissance for Jamie Ben. But I'm telling you, his scoring spasm here on the trip uh, was on its way prior to this trip. You could smell it. You could you could see it. You could sense it, Mike. But it needed a goaltender. Yeah, to help him it out. did. <laughs> it needed an empty net. Uh, so what? It, I've said it a couple of times and. I wanted to talk to him today, but he was already gone from practice of failure of our PR department today on my behalf. Uh, less is more. Yes. Less seems to be more with him this year. True? Yes. Uh, and I, I threw out a name, and I think it, it doesn't really compare to him, but uh, Maroon for St. Louis and yeah. Tampa Bay is a guy who you know, plays 14 minutes, lots of power play time, and then – gets his points when he, you know, when he has an opportunity. And he brings his high physicality and energy to less, fewer shifts, but... Every e shift. Yeah, every shift he's out there. And Jamie, I think, has gone beyond. Um, just, it's funny, even when he wasn't scoring, when he had, whatever, five assists and no goals, you could just feel, one, the impact he has in battling the other team, and two, helping those kids. Uh, because I really do think his, whatever it is, calm, competitiveness, just his aura, it really does rub off on them. Yeah, you can see there's, especially with Wyatt, I think there's a, I always use this word wrong. Is it comfortability? Comfortability. I think you're comfortability. Com I've like heard that. comfortability. Maybe it's just comfort. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's just comfort. There's a comfort. There's a comfort that comes. Yeah. He's a comfort food. He's like a comforter. True that, too. Is that a Canadianism? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, On the Davenport or whatever. <laughs> so you could look at it, and in some ways, uh, it's hard not to point to the the uh, disaster in Toronto <laughs> as sort of the genesis of it, though, because it was bad. Yes. He was involved in, uh, directly involved in a couple of goals against, and ultimately they lose it in overtime. And he was... He was as pissed off heading into a game as maybe I've ever seen him going into that game in Montreal. And that first period, you were like, I know that guy. Yes. And if you look at basically all the games then and since, even though he hadn't scored and that was always the, you know, we were doing it every game, we're guilty. You know, the longest he's gone to start a season without scoring a goal, blah, 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 blah. But he was starting to stack up like five, six, seven shots a game. And and had an impact on the games even when he wasn't scoring. Right. The, the power play is a major fixture on on their. I just stated they're the fourth best power play in the league, and most of it is his unit. Yep. So uh, yeah, it's I, I think it's I think it's grand. Uh, just watching him today in practice out there, and you're like, man, I, I recognize that guy even in practice. Yeah. You know, they just. I think everybody needs a little bit of of offensive confidence injected into them to fully 
realize the player that they are, and it, he seems to have it going on right now. I asked Pete earlier in the year about Wyatt getting his first goal and does that make a difference, and he laughed and he goes, a goal for anybody makes a difference. Like it re- like It's hard to score goals in the NHL, and so when you get a couple – it just it lifts everything off your shoulders, and you just play with more confidence. And it's been awesome that he hasn't had to actually shoot a puck past a goaltender for most of them. <laughs> yeah. Until the hat trick goal. And even on that, he was very reluctant. Yep. He did not want to shoot. I think he had Wyatt going in with him, didn't yep. he? And, he they, and to, they took away the pass. He wanted to give the kid the puck, and then finally he's like, okay, I'm just going to score. Now just we have go. to roof it. There it is. <laughs> uh, the other ones have all pretty much been empty netters. Great to see, though. Yes. Uh, but even his play has taken a uh, sort of second fiddle aspect to what's going on with one Jason Robertson. Can a young guy play hardball in negotiations to get what he (laughs) thinks he deserves and then immediately be underpaid? Yes. (laughs) That, that, the young guy right there, he's doing it by the standards of this league. And the other funny thing is, so I did the feature on him the other day. He's plus a point, Point plus for his entire career. Yeah. Like you don't just walk in. Like even Jamie or Tyler, those guys went through, you know, 30 points in 80 games or whatever to kind of get their feet wet. He's a point a game in two and a half seasons. Uh, so I've asked a, a lot of different people about this, and it's funny the response we've gotten. Pete the other day kind of gave him a backhand compliment, like, you look up and you don't know why he's scoring. No, I I said the exact same thing on the air. It's like like he's the ultimate blister goal scorer. Yeah. All the work gets done over here, yep. and then he shows up, and then boom, it's in. That said, I do think, and Pavelski said it best, I think, this guy constantly works on offense. Like he watches games, he watches tape. He You hear from Jake uh, Ottinger that, he wants to score on Jake Ottinger every single shot he puts on goal in practice. And I do think that creates a vibe or a confidence or just, you know, the repetition, the muscle memory that he knows what to do when the puck's on his stick. He's like many of the elite players in this league that are any league, really. When you watch them, you're like, well, it's just God-given. And, you know, he has a knack and he certainly has that. Yeah. But like you say, they, they all work at it. Yep. It just looks really easy once they get to game time. But all the work is done prior to that. And we ran the graphic yesterday uh, just because McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, since the beginning of last year. Now, he ended up with the game winner yesterday right. or, or, uh, in Edmonton, right? Yes, I think so. So he moves ahead of everybody in the league. Everybody in the league in the most game-winning goals scored since the beginning of last year. When I'm doing the negotiation stories of what he did and yada, 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 so I'm writing this stuff down, I go, franchise record? You're like, he tied the franchise record for game-winning goals in a season last year at 12? You're like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And last year, a lot of those were true game-winning yes. goals because they were winning by one, not or blowing people or, yeah. up like this year. Like like even yesterday's it's three two goal and a six to two right. win, but it's still the game winner. He's seventh in the league in scoring. Yes, and when anytime you're top ten in this league, and Pete was talking about it today, like he missed training camp, and in years past when guys missed training camp, there was a catch up period, uh, especially with the new style system yeah. coaching staff coming in. You're thinking, okay, well, you know, he's going to have to catch up to the speed of things. And this, 
apparently not. No. Way you go. Well, and I will go back to when you talk to him, he uses his time. So when he was out, he was he had his own training camp. And I do think he was working on well, a lot true, of things. Well, true, but still, I mean, yeah. you got to right, fit into it. Yeah. Right. yeah, now he gets to play with his old line. He's, that that probably helps makes a little it bit. Relatively <laughs> uh, easy. And by the way, it's Filipino Heritage Night. Yes, it tomorrow. is. And we were sitting there with the great Matt DeFranks, who's also Filipino, like Robo. And uh, we were laughing about, man, are they having this like for Robertson? Are they gonna, <laughs> are they gonna have him take the ceremonial face off as as they run the hat trick that he scored in this building against them? Like them laying salute the to ice. Robo night in Winnipeg <laughs> doesn't make much sense, but looking forward to it. Yes, I yeah. am. Uh, how about Otter? Otter injured. Yes. You're you're sitting there and you're like, okay, the the guy's basically been the MVP of this team. Is his numbers are minuscule. You're like, okay, well, they've done what you assumed they were going to have to do on this road trip, which is score a little bit. Yes. But they haven't really needed to score anything other than a goal a period, and they would have won all the games on the trip as well. So uh, I think Wedgwood's come in and been been excellent. Look, he steadied himself after a couple of ragged third periods in his first yes. two starts. But like a quality veteran guy that he is and competitive individual. He's one of those guys that's that's uh, uh, what you'd want at that position as as a backup. Uh, and, you know, Cooper Rush. With, with him, with Cooper Rush and the Cowboys, it was their, their defense that made sure that they were going to prop him up. Correct. And he wasn't going to have to be that heroic. And with the Stars, it appears that the offense – has taken that role where they're like, let's give him a little margin for error. Let him relax back there. We're going to score a boatload of goals. And man, have they ever. Yeah. And the other thing is he has made that save at that time. Uh, I think he had oh, a couple yeah. against no, Edmonton. Not, no, no, I know. I'm, I'm not. not I they're not winning 6-5 and 7-6 <laughs> on this trip. But it's those, again, it's he gives up two or three a lot of times. And, you know, you sit there and look at his numbers even over his career. Giving up two is not a – you said no, that's a bad, bad thing. No, I know, but that I'm was a good saying, period when I is, played, Mike. <laughs> you and your 885 saves. <laughs> hey, you they let, all have that You now. led the league. You shut your mouth out. <laughs> you led the league at 885, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that was, that was outstanding. <laughs> Keep it under four. That was terrific. Uh, but point being is he comes up with a key save that allows his team – and Pete said the other day, just get your legs under you. Now we'll go down the ice and we'll score. Yeah. And he's done great. I mean, I, I had my doubts about him because if you look at his career, his numbers are okay. I mean, he's a good backup. It doesn't seem like he's a great backup because you always think, okay, the great backup's a 22-year-old is going to become a great goalie. But he is really calm, confident, and his teammates love him. And I think that's a big thing. Yeah, they, you got to have a guy that, especially as a backup, yeah. that guys will play for. Other, otherwise, it goes the other way, and it turns into an auto <laughs> loss. Look at the Stars' overall defensive numbers are s- second in goals against, third in save percentage. Yeah, and whatever they are in penalty and, kill. you know, with him starting tomorrow night, we're recording this on uh, Monday, played Tuesday night in Winnipeg. He will have played in seven games, and, and Ottinger will have played in seven. It's not bad. So, yeah, they've, It's they've a good well. sign for the – you and I have talked about, well, what do you play, Ottinger? And, you know, a lot of people say 60, and you're like, maybe not. I maybe. know the coach doesn't say that. I he know says he he's does. not going to play 60. I know. 
But, you know. You, you and he just, won't play 60. But you kind of look at his results. And this you is say, in the NFL, play 60. Isn't that their slogan? Wasn't that their slogan? Didn't they yeah. have a play 60 thing? The little kid warming up his shoulder. A good commercial. Speaking of kids, <laughs> uh, the kid is staying. Yes. Wyatt Johnston, 19, permanent spot on the roster. And I would think at Chateau Pavelski. In the basement, right? Do is that where he is? Do they have a basement there? No, I'm joking. Don't you, don't you always put the, the billet kid in the basement up you, north? That's where we always were. I know. <laughs> I don't very, think, very little daylight down there. That's right. Keeps think, the noise down. I don't think they uh, have basements. Look, he looks, he looks integral, and, and he looks comfortable yes. at this level. So uh, he's third in rookie goal scoring. And from game to game, he, you never, I never really look down there and see massive major mistakes. I'm sure the coaches and yeah. you know the minutia of video, they see he can work on this and he can work on that. But again, from day one, he looks like an NHLer. Yeah, I think it's actually taken a couple of games. Uh, I didn't think his training camp was spectacular. I kind of thought he was going to go back. Because you're a hard grader. I am a hard grader. And then even after four or five games, I'm like. He might still go back. And then after six or seven, you're like, he's not going back. No. Because uh, he really does look like I'd like to see that power play unit get get smoking again, though. You know, with with Tyler, they've got um, Mason Marchment. It's kind of cooled down in the goal-scoring yeah. department. Like, it it seems to have pieces that, that you'd think are going to get theirs. But that first unit gets out there and they score all the time. So, yeah, how, so they how, don't how, how get- are you going to get going? Uh I want riddle me this one. When when do we see DeBoer deploy whatever we're going to see come shootouts? Oh, it'd be interesting. Uh, I think it seemed like it was every third game right, last, last year, year. But but again, who do you think it's going to be? Like who do I think will yeah. go? I think Pavelski has My to God, be number do you want one. Me to write it on the chalkboard in here or something. Yeah, do you have one? No, we got to just uh, scratch it out on the table. Nobody does chalkboards anymore. That's Don't true. date yourself. Uh, I think Pavelski has to be in there. Well, I'm um, not saying it has to be in there. I do. I'm saying. Okay, shut your mouth for a second. Just for a second. Robertson, I don't know if you're aware of him. He's okay. And pretty good in the one hole. Yeah. Robertson, Sagan. I still think Sagan's a marksman in this. And then Pavelski. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Those are my top three. Okay. And then after that, I'm telling you, I might think about the kid. What about four? Nah, no, no, nope. Defensemen have a knack for that. They kind do, of stuff. but no. I'd like him out of five. If oh, it goes wow. five, I like him there. Jamie? <laughs> I, th- I I don't know because I haven't seen one, but I, <laughs> no, I would think not not Jamie. I would think Mason. Interesting. Yeah. I would he, think uh, he has something. So I would go Robertson, Sagan, Pavelski, maybe Johnston, although they'll have better numbers than me. I right. I don't know, but I would say maybe. Hey, when you lead the CHL in scoring, you you can probably toss up some stuff in the skills competition. And I just love the fact that I think Mason can move the puck. I think he can deke. He can obviously go top shelf. He might be yeah, he might be a pretty good little assassin. He is unpredictable. Like when you watch him on the ice, you, you he was kinda, playing goal today. I know you kind of don't know what he might be doing. Yeah. So And he, I I like the guys with the big wingspan uh-huh. on that. I don't know why. You know who else would be a, like a, a bit of a, a dark horse in it? Would I think I know. Ty Delandria. Oh, I was going to say Hockenpah. Oh, my God. Talk about a Mike. A, a wings. Have you seen him? He's just flying up and down Mike. the ice. Mike. Dark horse. We may get Yanni there. Yanni Hockenpah. We, we, may, we may get there. 
sometime. Wouldn't you love a 19 shooter? Yes. Shootout? That'd be fun. Like back in the, who was it? Uh, Malik? Yeah. Well, he went between, went his, between legs. his legs with the Rangers. All right. Let, forget about MSG and the Rangers. Let's go to the other coast. Let's talk about that venue in Arizona. <laughs> I, I struggled to get past the enormous irony of a 4,600-seat venue when 15,300 in the city that we're in right now in 1996 was, quote-unquote, too small, and the revenue equation just didn't make sense. And yet in 2022, we have a 4,600-seat arena in the National Hockey League. That's wild. The numbers don't seem to and, add up. And then, and then, a little stonesy, little little brassy, they have the audacity to invite the Winnipeg Jets to play the very first game in the 4,600-seat arena. Wow. It is, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. And you don't, I don't know. I don't know what our rules are. I don't know how we're supposed to address the NHL, but it just seems like Houston or Kansas City or there's a lot of teams. Oh, no, no. A lot of cities out there know, who wouldn't mind a, a team. You, you have to agree. Like, as a market, somewhere in Scottsdale or Tempe or the Valley of the Sun, somewhere there's got to be a location where you can build, and it would be awesome, like right. phenomenal. But they need, they need the arena – uh, Bill, now they're going to have a referendum or a plebiscite, as I was trotting out the other day, trying to figure what is what. Uh, and and to be honest with you, the game the other night, what was seven to two? Yep. That wasn't a very good uh, example of what that place might be like. Because I mean, the Stars were up six nothing and they scored, and you'd have thought they tied it. Yeah. No, they right? the fans so, were excited. So if you if you got into a game that was a game and it's on and they're playing well and the stars are playing well, it's going back and forth, places packed and all that, you might come away from there thinking, you know, as a, as a short-term unique solution, this could be pretty awesome here. What I worry about is if we're in, we reach February and they're 15, 30 and three, what is that going to be like? Yeah. In there, like they have to go on a fourteen-game road trip, fourteen in a row. Yeah, on the road. So, well, the the other thing that to me is a challenge is you need money to put together a good team, and it doesn't seem like their structure right now is going to provide them with the money to put a good team on the ice. So then that's just you start spinning your wheels of. Okay, we got a small arena. We don't have a lot of excitement. Oh, by the way, we don't have the money to buy players and bring them here because they probably don't want to play in a 5,000-seat arena. And now we're not going to be a good team and we're playing in a 5,000-seat arena. It just, it's just a lot there that makes I don't, it difficult. I, and I got asked this the other day. I don't even understand the economics of it. No. I don't understand that. I know they're charging more for tickets, but that, that doesn't – The guess is – How much are they charging well, for tickets? Well, the guess is the out? league is propping them up. Well, Yeah. And but so then the question is, is but it still from the other side, you're and you're always going to get this. The players themselves are going to be sitting there going, like, we're you're taking escrow from us, right? We're supposed to be 50 50. We're, we're not in agreement with this, but it is 30 jobs or whatever. Yeah, that's what they so tell you always them. keep that part of it in perspective. I just, 
there are other cities, I think, that, like, when Glendale decided this isn't working, I don't understand why the thought of relocation wasn't more front and center. And again, I don't think the league wants me to be having that conversation, and, but it just seems like there's other cities. And again, I'm cheering for Houston just because I think it'd be fun for the Dallas Stars. But, I mean, Kansas City seems fine. Second team in Toronto, anything. <laughs> Second team in Toronto, my God. Hey, my, they got them in New York, right? Wash your mouth out with soap. Never happened. I just, I wonder whether, um, I wonder whether they're going to get stuck though. Like, like we were trying to run through the the uh, the timeline on it. It's like, okay, when is the referendum? Right. That kicks it down the road a little bit, and then how long is it going to take them to build it? And then you're like, okay, so three years, four years in a forty six hundred seat arena with better dressing room than what we saw, apparently. Like, I get a kick out of that kind of stuff. It's like, well, but there's a new dressing room coming. It's like, there's 4,600 seats in this place. Right. And for the pe- the people, seemed like they were having a blast that were around us, because there is They're no right press around box. Us. Like, we're in the arena, right? <laughs> yeah. And for our broadcast, again, it's a little bit shadowy. When, when we looked at the video from it afterward, like, it's not a little bit shadowy. It's very shadowy. I remember back at, at Chicago Stadium, if you look at the old uh, video from there, everybody had almost a star around them on the ice of shadows <laughs> yes. from it because it was just different lighting back in the day. But it made it you, – you, instantly you knew that was Chicago Stadium. Right. And you're going to instantly know the highlights are coming from Mullet Arena or Hockey Hair Arena in uh, Tempe. So uh, I, I like it. I don't mind it as a diversion of a 41-game road sequence for a team, but they have to play 41 there. And if they're not good, I worry about that. Yes. If, they're, if they're not competitive. If they're, if they're a little bit competitive and there's a, hey, let's cheer on. We know they're overmatched, but we're going to be here and it's a great vibe in the building and that, then it, it'll be what they need to get to where they need to go, yes. I guess. But it, it, either this works or it, it doesn't, and they will have to move. Yeah. Right? Well, and then you look at Florida or Ottawa or, you know, places where they just – it wasn't a natural place to draw the fans and to make money. So then their team started to get on budgets, and like I said, it just spirals. I know. Enough on that. Stars spanked them 7-2. <laughs> that was, That's the real story. That was fun. Did Brendan get good video in there? Yeah. See? Was Proximity's Van- pretty was good. Was Vancouver one of those, the uh, original Vancouver arena that... The Coliseum? Could, yeah, that you could watch and go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, that game's in Vancouver. Because of the shadows? Yeah. And how the dark... Yes. yes. I remember that. You're yeah. going like, oh, that game's like, in Like, I was Vancouver. saying to my guys, like, okay, so we have 20,000-seat rinks in the league, and now we have a 4,600-seat rink in the league. But every playing surface is the same size. Yes. And that wasn't the case. Back like in the, the day. Like, the Odd Buffalo and Boston, Boston Garden, yep. like, they were smaller arenas. Like, they were shorter. Some of them were narrower. Everything is 85 by 200 now. It's 17,000 square feet of, of surface. And yeah. to be honest, other than the lighting, once, once the puck drops, the players, uh, everything above the glass in the first nine rows is noise anyway yep. in, in most arenas. So, you know, play on and it is what it is, I guess. And we'll move on because it is what it is. I love that statement. It's strong by me. Uh, stars. <laughs> 
uh, we're a long way removed from it now, but we we need to chat about it. The Stars Hall of Fame, yes, first induction class. Uh, it was an excellent event. You enjoy it? I did. Yeah, I think everybody, I think everybody did. The hosts sucked, uh, <laughs> but the speeches and the music were outstanding. I think that's what I took away from the. I thought uh, I thought you did a lovely job in the evening. Uh, it was well done, and I I don't know what you enjoyed most about it. I enjoyed seeing the entire hat, Hatcher family. Yes, like the whole crew. Now, twenty five. It's so to thirty years later, and the boys are grown. The girls are grown. Like so, I hurried back after Game Six, so I got to be there at the practice facility when the families all came in, and they put little baby Kelton in the Stanley Cup. Yeah. That's how tiny he was. And now you're like, he's an adult. He's a bearded adult <laughs> yes. in a cowboy hat. And you're like, okay, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so he and, he and my daughter Fallon were great friends uh, growing up in yep. that. I still have that picture of the two of them. They must be about four or five together. And they've kept in contact yeah. with one another all through the years. And then to see everybody back together there, that, that was cool. And to listen to Bob again, yeah. just listen to him. And, you know, his not unsurprising or not surprising, his speech hit every, everything that it should have hit. Yep. Um, and I, I think the people that were there uh, as, you know, first class and all that, just getting started. And yep. It, it, was, it was well done. And I, I felt really good for, like, Brad, Brad Alberts. And it seemed the, all the owners there yep. together, Norm Green and, and Mr. Hicks, even though he – he was just recovered. Would he break his ankle? Something. He or, was having trouble walking. Yeah, but he was fine. He made yep. his way across the stage. He had runners on. <laughs> I did like that. I know. It's a good look. Yeah. I was like, hey, he's running with the young crowd That's now. right. That's Sneakers what, yeah. with a suit. That's what the cool guys and, do. And Tom uh, Gillardi there. It was it was a neat evening. Yeah. The, the moment, and I wrote this in a column, you heard their voices crack. Like, so Bob, oh, yeah. Bob Doug Armstrong, Richard Mapachuk. And then obviously Darian, he was, I think he was choking back tears. And you realize just, it's a silly sport, right? It's just a silly game. But to them, the amount of dedication and time and work to get that one championship, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and it lasts forever. Yeah, he was so pumped to have the whole crew there. Yes. With him and and I was I was taken by how nervous everyone was that had to go up and speak because <laughs> they were all backstage you yeah. know and it was just like just relax everyone's yeah. on your side out yeah. there yeah no, nobody's criticizing no, you no enjoy what else you got um, I think one of the funny things or interesting things is interesting it is interesting yes. is the seasons of Niels Lundqvist. You know, Nils Lundqvist. Why are you saying it that way? I always way, say Mike? it that way to irritate you. You're mocking. <laughs> and Colin Miller, isn't that how, with one L, doesn't it? Colin Miller. We may just end this <laughs> we just 31 right minutes here. here now. Is think this of, your Columbo moment for the week, Mike? It is. Okay. Think of where they were last season and what has happened okay. to them since yes. and where they have landed. Colin Miller. Take us through the journey, Mike. Colin Miller was a fine defenseman. He had a couple God, of hiccups and injuries. Anyway, well, a I fine mean, defenseman. A couple of years ago. He was, okay. Last year, he was not a fine defenseman. Okay. Uh, anyways, but he struggled with injuries. He was a healthy scratch a ton. And he is playing with Miro Haskinen right now. Think about that as a player like, whoa, 
this is kind of fun. And then Lundquist, you know, when he played the Rangers, you're just like, like that guy couldn't get in the lineup. When he did, he got eight minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. And now he's one of their regular shift, better players on the power play. And it's just fun to watch that stuff. It's fun to see a, a change of venue, you know, a, a little more confidence. And all of a sudden this one player goes from, eh, he's kind of on the outskirts a little bit to, no, this is a real bona fide NHL player. And it's, I like both those stories. And then the, the group of defensemen, even when Miro was out, it's not a bad group of defensemen right yeah. now. Yeah, they, they, I think they've played fantastic back there. And in a system that's pretty demanding, like when yeah. you ask your, your D-men and D-core as a whole to get after it, there's, there's work involved yeah. in that more so. Than, it's almost like saying, and they don't play man-to-man, but it's almost saying, like, look, we're going to play a, a blitzing man-to-man or we're going to play a zone. Well, which one do you think is easier to play in? Right. You know, you sit back in your zone and Cover I got your this area. and I move to here and I move to there and we have this and that. Or you get after it with the intent, we're going to get the ball back. In this case, we're going to get the puck back so that we can get going the other direction and do some damage offensively. And and they Vice versa. I've been really impressed by both of those guys. I, I didn't. I I, I, didn't, I really didn't have any memory uh, that would stick out of Colin Miller, um, but from day one I was like, man, that guy's got some competitive juice. Yes, he's so good at closing on on forwards. So you have both guys in Miro and him that can just close and and just give no room to people to do what they want to do offensively, and then he's got a real good head about him as to you know where did where does the puck need to go? How do we move this? Smart, not not yeah, real simple things. super conservative, but smart. And Niels is he just he's got kind of a that goofy walk when he comes through, and he's just on his way down the hall. Yep. And here's another game here, yep. and I'll do this. And here's my eighteen to twenty minutes, and and he's played really, really well. He come out of every game, and you're like, you don't overly notice him, yeah, which is a good thing, yes, in, in some ways. But when you do notice them, it's not for it's not for egregious errors. No, it's usually for man, that was a good play. Geez, that's he broke that one up, or wow, that was a good pass. Uh, so again, I think so many things have gone well. I almost feel like I need to knock on every chunk of wood and and just <laughs> temper everything. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're just like you don't want to peak in the second week in November. No, uh, and. They've they've played so well and so many things have, have gone well uh, for them and they've like you mentioned they've overcome what you would look at and say well man that's two fairly significant human beings that are out of your lineup in Miro Haskin and Jake Ottinger and they just yeah. but if but if you're gonna if you're gonna be a, a roster wide uh, team that uses everybody nightly and in game yeah. then you should be able to overcome you know, some injuries or significant injuries right. by by the group and the team. Now, they're going to get challenged here a little bit more than maybe they have. And this is where we uh, we tap the brakes on all the on all the accolades and the the stroking of the Dallas Stars here a dozen games into the season, because I, I think you'll agree with me, Mike, we don't want to come off as complete Pollyannas. Do we? I don't mind. 
okay, then you you stay as an utter and total Pollyanna. I then. tell people now, look, I work for the team. What do you want from me? Yeah. Well, look, it's it's post Halloween, <laughs> but we're gonna play a little devil's advocate. Ooh. Tamp down the euphoria of the tremendous start. Because and and again, this is the devil talking. This is not, not me. you. No, I've got a towel around my neck right now, just to try to fend off Beelzebub, Lucifer, that advocate. So I say this, Mike. They haven't beat anybody. Um. Shut your hole. Here we go. You, so they beat Nashville twice. Right. Back from Eastern Europe, the Predators are five, six, and one. Not good. They beat Winnipeg. In Dallas, yep, no bones. Probably still dealing with a little of the aftermath of having their captain captaincy stripped. That was fresh. I think they were two, three, and one before they have they won five in a row or four in a row. Uh, I think four and one. Yeah, at Montreal, the Habs are not a good team. No. Uh, they are five, six, and one overall now. Washington came into town. They are old, and they are injured. Wow. They were missing four key forwards. They are five, six, and two on the season now. L.A. came to town exhausted, playing back-to-back. I think it was their fourth and six. They're seven, six, and one. We went to Arizona, and they are awful. They're coming off a big win. And they Well, they are awful. <laughs> and they are four, six, and one. Yeah. Right? Which is actually like pretty, they're just, better than we thought. <laughs> I say they're awful. Yeah. Like, like, they need – Awesome goaltending, and they need special. The only way they were winning right. was their power play was popping its head up and scoring goals. And that, yes. That goes away, and they're in trouble. And they were in trouble that night. At Edmonton, Jack Campbell was dreadful. You got to admit that. Our point, I love Jack, and he's had such a roller coaster in that. But, man, he, if you want to see a goaltender, and I've been there, you want to see a goaltender who's really fighting it, that was that. That was that. Canadian television, you get the full interview after the game. He looked like almost in tears. Well, he and he's an emotional so, guy. He is anyway. an emotional I felt guy. bad for him. I did too. And then watching the interview, I felt even worse because he was just like, I have to be better. Yeah. I just have to be better. Well, he does. <laughs> and they pumped him too. Yeah. The Oilers are seven and five. That 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 was the that was the most difficult of that grouping. Correct. I think that yes. they that they face because you got those two guys. It's a fairly good team. I don't trust their defense. Forget about Jack. They're, I don't. I don't trust that that defense. And the Stars, I think, played great yes. again. You know, like they just rolled. So you switch over to the losses. They lost at Toronto in overtime. Um, they gave up. Well, they gave up 40, 40 something shots in that game, and the Leafs were in crisis mode at yes. the time. Although, and I didn't think the Stars played great, but they didn't. They didn't play that bad. They yeah. had some of their chances, and they had all the Ontario boys going in that one. The Leafs are seven four and two. At Ottawa, they did not play well in that game, and game. they had an awful third period. But has Ottawa won a game since? They're four and seven. Yeah, they're four and seven. Sounds like the league as a whole is really bad. They should be better than that. Just I thought Ottawa was going to be a good pretty young good talent. Team. They lost at Boston. That was a back to back for the Stars. They could have won that game, yes. and that's truth. They played well. Uh, the, the Bruins are 10-2. and two. And they lost against the Rangers at home. They got hammered. Uh, that third period, two minutes of the third period was ugly. And the Rangers are 6-4-3. and three. So this devil you're talking about, he's saying tap the break? The devil? Yeah. Well, he's just looking at the grand 
scheme of things here. He doesn't want to saying, get too excited. And just kind of going, okay, things have gone well. And they are smoking teams. Yes. But they've led in every game. I, I still want to see them get down and come back. You know, this is their whole mantra. They've, I know. they've lost games. They've come back. I know they they're the greatest first period team in the league, but I still want to see, I, I still it. want to see a little bit of that adversity rammed in there and then go, okay, now here we go. Now what? Now, how is it going to go here? And then when they start doing that and they beat a couple of these, you know, legitimate top five to 10 teams, then you're like, all right. You have a high, you have now, a high bar. You like to the keep devil. the bar high. That was, that was Lucifer talking, not Razor. No. What Razor sees in all this, as I talk in the third person, is that it doesn't matter who you're playing. And it's been brought to my attention. They blew a lot of these points in past. Yes. Quote, unquote, inferior competition. But what happens when you win consistently and convincingly, like this group is doing, you build up a confidence that when you do roll into these games against the upper echelon in the league, that that confidence comes through. Yeah. And you end up doing the same thing that they're doing against the Arizona Coyotes and the Montreal Canadiens of the world. Yeah. It's confidence, I think, and confidence feeds confidence. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch in athletics. And I know many uh, analysts and a uh, broadcaster doesn't believe in momentum. I but, know one, not this but, one. But this one is like when you get in that positive mindset, positive area, I do believe that momentum carries over. And it can right. carry over for an entire season. All right. We've seen that in the past. All right. I got you. I, there you have it, I think. Well, one but, more thing. Oh, no, hold it. Oh, I'm not done with my I was going to say, uh, sir? My devil's advocate soliloquy oh. here. And in, just in general, so far with the uh, Podman Rush this week, I believe that's the 95-5 rule governing official team uh, podcasts. Okay. What we just went through. 95% gloating, unabashed, apple polishing. And then you have 5% of, yeah, but what about this water ring on the coffee table here? What about this? And then in the end, we get ourselves back to what has been Victory green waves of relentlessness with this group. That's what I see. Yep. Victory green waves of relentlessness. And it has manifested itself in one of the greatest beginnings to a season that we've witnessed here in, in our time covering the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I'll use a Thanksgiving analogy. It's like a giant jello casserole. Oh my God. Because isn't that victory green? Like you put some cucumbers and onions in the jello, and my mom used to do that. And it, it just, so it was, it just looked really pretty and tasted hold really it, bad. Hold it, Mike. What, what was in the jello? Cu I'm not kidding. Cucumbers, cucumbers onions. Onions, and just, it looked beautiful? It looked beautiful because it was victory green. So she would, <laughs> she would cook it or put it in the fridge. Cook the jello? No, she put it in the fridge in a bunt pan. Uh-huh. So then you So it came up with ridges. Yes. So it was a, a big circle of jello. Yes. And you cut off pieces. Was it pineapple in it? Uh maybe. Ooh. I never ate it. I ate it once. And you know, said, us Canadians put pineapple pineapple, <laughs> pineapple on everything. everything. Because it's a natural uh it's very Canadian. <laughs> a lot of pineapple up here. I used to pull pineapples off the tree in the backyard yeah. growing up 
in northern British Columbia. Go down anyway, s- you were on the side of the road. We're we're running. I know we're getting close. That's no, no, time. we're doing fine. Uh, one more thing, ma'am. Uh, one more question. What about these coaches with new teams? We've got two of them tomorrow night. And mm. what is your explanation for it? Is it just a uh, mm. change of shaking mm. things up? Is it they really are? <laughs> I'll tell you my explanation for it. It's why they all get fired. Probably. It's why they all get fired. And then it's why they all get hired again. Because that just changing it, the coach makes a difference. It is unbelievable. It's, it's got to be the most impactful sport for coaching change. Yes. And, and unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know what yeah. it is anymore, because they all get hired again. Yep. If they want to get hired, it seems like. Uh, but they get, it, it, it's so fast foodish. Like, it, it's just instant gratification. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to fire the coach and bring a different one in. Because we can't fire all the players. That's right. It's like, well, but you can also stay patient and see whether they can figure their way out of this, too. But they don't do that. Fire the coach. We'll get a no one. Like, I, I said it yesterday, that um, the, the shiny little head coach of the, of the Edmonton Oilers, that is the first ever, when they went from Tippett to him, the first ever time that Kenny Holland, the Oilers general manager, longtime GM of the Detroit Red Wings, first time he'd ever made an in-season coaching change. Wow. So he, you know, had the patience pretty to a successful, point, yeah. And maybe he was starting to feel the same thing that everyone else seems to always feel. Um, and it's, well, we'll change the coach to see yeah. whether that shakes the tree a little bit here. I just, I laugh at the, and this, t- this team needed help. Uh, Winnipeg. Uh, and so Rick, I think, is the right guy for it. But the triangle of Vegas, oh, Dallas, Boston. I know. So Boston's coach goes to Vegas. Well, if the, if, <laughs> they're the best team in the league. If the peg keeps winning, they'll be in, you'll have a foursome. I know. Of just like, wow. How did this happen? And then Monty comes out of assistant coaching. Cassidy's, Cassidy's out in Vegas. Now they're healthy. And yeah. The only that makes a big difference. But again, things went sideways for DeBoer. DeBoer gets fired because he can't win with he that group. No, because he couldn't fix the player's bones. <laughs> That's right. That's why. He needed to be a medic. But all of a sudden, boom, now Cassidy, but Cassidy got fired because he couldn't coach Boston. And you're just but like... It, but it's, it's, it's not that he couldn't coach Boston. No. It's just there's a... I've talked to so many GMs now, and I have a few that are, are friends that are in the league now, and they all say the same thing. It's like, there's about... You, if you can get six years... Six years is a lo- it's, it's like a long time. A long time. But it's not it's not on anybody but the players. They just get tired. They stuff just seeps in, it gets stale, and you, you need a change. Yep. And I'm st- starting to sense a little more of it's not so much good cop, bad cop as it was, because most of the bad cops are getting uh, out. pumped out of the league yeah. now. It, it's more style. It's like you know, you know, we we had a guy. He was very demanding, and and uh, he was hard on on players to a certain degree. And and we played a lockdown style this way. Well, now they want to open things up, and they yeah. want a little more free. And then it works. And then after a while, oh my God, you know, we're giving up too much defensively, yeah, and we need to buckle it in, back in, down again in uh, Winnipeg. It's You're just, just like, like, oh, well, look, they're third in the league in goals against. You're I, like they're they're at the end again. Their goaltending's huge yeah. in this thing, but they were a team that was go 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 go, and yeah. now all of a sudden Rick comes in and says, "Let's slow things down a little bit," yeah. and it's working right yeah. now. 
Yeah. I mean, Monty goes to Boston. They've got some veteran guys that are like, no, I, yeah, this is. I like this we guy. We needed this. Yeah. Uh, we won that way too, but we were tired of that. Yep. And then out in Ve- Vegas is fascinating because yes. look at the coaches they've had. Well, and they're. The, they haven't been in the league that long. Their ownership. Look at the coaches that they've Management had. is incredibly impatient. Wow. So. That is unreal. Anyway, that was a good one. Thank you. That's one of your best. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 I know. I it's, a, it's a sliding scale. All right. Well, look, before we go, a reminder that the Podman Rush is presented in all of its tendentious glory by Truly Hard Seltzer. Uh, do you want to swear like an NFL quarterback in a post game? <laughs> Before we go, uh, I could do the uh, Alexander Radulov and just, you know, just stumble through a, a couple of swear words and people don't understand. B can, bu- bu- he he can, can do the bleep beep, it out. Beep, beep, what beep. is up with that with those guys? Everybody does it now. Yeah. Everybody does it. It's the HBO world or maybe, whatever. Maybe. Maybe. Well, that was awesome. That was awesome today. Did you catch that reference? That's a hot Brady reference. All right, say say goodbye to Tom Holy, Mike. Uh, Tom, we miss you. That's not goodbye. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. And all of you out there in Podman Rush World, we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Is there a Podman Rush World? There is now. <laughs>